Welcome to A Plus Ed Tech. My name is Ashley McBride, and I am an instructional technology facilitator in the state of North Carolina. This is episode one of a three-part set of episodes that are talking about blogging in the classroom. In this episode, we're going to talk about choosing a platform for your blogs. When you are getting ready to set up a blog or you're thinking about setting up a blog for your students, you really need to have a consideration as to how much control you want and what type of students you have in the classroom. You need to consider not only their age, but their maturity levels. The reason for this is that those things are going to determine the type of blog platform that you choose. So for instance, if you need more control, say that you are working with upper elementary school students, maybe middle school students, or lower level high school students, then you might want to consider having some sort of way to keep a check and balance on these students. And what do I mean by that? I actually mean that Maybe you want to have a platform where you can moderate and make sure that things are only released if you allow them to be released. I'm going to give you a for example. I'm going to give you an example. I was teaching eighth grade grammar and writing, and I had my students journal on their blogs. One of my students wrote a very strong, opinionated piece about marijuana. Now, this was not something that needed to be posted in with our school materials. So I did have to take the student aside and have a conversation with her about how, while one, I respect her opinion, and two, she has the right to have the opinion, it is not appropriate to be bringing it up in an eighth grade writing assignment. So... We had that conversation, she completely understood, and we left it at that. That post never actually made it onto the website, so I was safe from that. Another instance that I had was comments. I had students who would post comments, and they may have been meaning to be funny, but they weren't funny. They were actually kind of mean. So I was able to have that conversation with those students, and I was able to explain to them how sometimes when we're writing things, they don't quite come out the way we wanted them to. So if you are looking for a little bit more control, you might want to actually look at different programs that will allow you to have that control. I'm not going to go too deep into what each program does. I'm going to give you the basic overviews. And if you want to have more information, please go to my website. My website is www.aplusedtech.com. That's all spelled out. And you will see that there is a page called Blogging in Any Classroom. That page will show you all of the stuff that I am about to suggest to you. It also gives you a checklist for setting up blogs in classrooms, as well as different ideas for things you can do with students in the class that have to do with the blogs. So if you want that control, you might want to look at a program called kidblog.org. Kidblog.org is mainly made for upper elementary and middle school students. And the reason why I suggest those groups is because 
those students will be able to handle the platform. It's a very easy platform to use. In fact, it's the one that I used with my eighth graders. But if you go any further up, if I were to take this when I taught ninth or 10th grade, if I were to use something called kid blog, my students would probably get upset uh, just because of the word kid in it. But it's an easy to use platform. It gives you a lot of control as to who can actually see the blogs. You can connect multiple classes and you can also make sure that you're moderating all the posts. EduBlogs is another popular format for blogging. And in fact, EduBlogs just announced at the beginning of February that teachers are now able to moderate student accounts for free. You don't have to pay for it. So where you used to have to pay for the pro version, uh, you don't have to do that anymore. There are still some pro version um things in there. But if you go to their website, then you're able to actually pull up the chart that shows you what the pro version gives you. And honestly, I think for most people, the free version is going to be enough. Another program that you might want to use is Seesaw. Now, this is something for younger students. In fact, I've only ever played with it when I'm working with elementary um, level instructional technology facilitators or teachers. So I'm not familiar with it in the teacher sense. I am more familiar with it in they had me go in in a couple of different um, classes that I took, had me go in as a student. And it's very simple to use. It's, It's great for elementary level. And finally, you can look at Weebly for Education. Weebly for Education gives the teacher a a Weebly website, and then you can give students websites from there that you can moderate. So it gives you that control. Those are all the sites that I would suggest for control. Now, you're going to want to look at them and compare them as far as whether or not you have to pay for them. Uh, For instance, KidBlog is $44. Weebly for Education is $39.95. EduBlogs, as I said, is, is pretty much free. So those are the sites that I'm aware of. And if you have any suggestions for sites that I didn't think of, please let me know. You can tell me at Twitter. Uh, my Twitter handle is at A plus Ed Tech. Uh, you can also come to my uh, website and you can find me at Twitter. You can find me at Instagram and you can also find my email address. Now, if your students are a little bit more capable and they're not and they're able to handle some more freedom, you might want to consider using uh, Google Sites. If your school is a G Suite school, then Google Sites is going to allow your students a lot more freedom. It's also much easier to use now that students are able to use the a new Google Sites version. If you use Google Sites, then there's a couple of different ways you can do it. You could uh, put a Google Doc in there and that be their actual post and they can just keep posting on top of uh, the previous one. You could also set up an announcements page and that announcements page could be used as their blog. Finally, there is another one that I have uh 
absolutely wanted to use, and it's called Write the World. And Write the World is a little bit different that you don't really have control, but you can create groups. And Write the World also has a number of writing prompts that you can use as a teacher and you can assign to your students. But then again, you still can't really do the moderation like you can with some of those other sites. Write the World also has a great, uh, every single month there is a different um, contest that students can enter. There's a number of different writing contests, and that may motivate your students a little bit more. It's really set up more as a writing community. You go in, you sign up, it's all free. And when you sign up as a teacher, then you can request to create a group. Now, I requested to create a group, and it took them about uh, two or three hours to get back to me saying that I could have my group. And they just do that as a check to make sure nobody's making uh, mean or hateful or um, inappropriate groups on their site. But uh, if you go check it out, Write the World, it's a great uh, program. It's really just trying to encourage people to write and to blog and to share with each other. Skill level is going to be different. You're really going to want to make sure that you find the right program for you. Now, I am more than happy if you want to hit me up on Twitter or if you want to shoot me an email, then I am more than happy to start a discussion with you talking about which site might best fit your situation. Um, You can also find me on Voxer. And if you go to Voxer, you can type in A plus EdTech is my Voxer handle. And I'm more than happy to start a conversation with you there as well.